Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you are joining me again for another great conversation to help you take your own career in talent development to the next level. And today we're going to be talking about the top five mistakes that employees and leaders make in their career development. And these are not coming from me. Uh, These are coming from a good friend of mine, who is also a talent development professional who has worked in this career for quite some time, has a lot of experience across a couple different organizations, and has a lot of great knowledge and inspiration to share. And the great thing is that he and I are aligned with slightly different perspectives, and we we share that in this conversation. We have a little bit of a back and forth on it. My guest today is Paul Carroll, who is head of colleague and leadership development at CVS Health, leading a talent development team of 25 professionals who take CVS Health leaders and colleagues to the next level, strengthening their skill sets in their current role while preparing them for their future roles in the organizations. In his spare time, Paul is the father of a 14-year-old son and a self-proclaimed autism dadvocate. He is the founder and creator of AutismDadvocate.org, a website community dedicated to fathers of autistic children, and his Autism Dadvocate podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify, and I've listened to it and have to say it is fantastic. So a couple things on this. Number one, Paul has a lot of great experience in the talent development world. He's working in an organization that if you're in the United States, I'm sure you've heard of CVS Health. They're the largest you know, sort of health company in the United States with drugstores, pharmacies all over the country, as well as a health insurance arm. There are hundreds of thousands of employees to be thinking about. And so in this interview with Paul, we discuss some of CVS's approach to talent development for such a large workforce, especially with many of them out on the front lines and not able to work remotely during COVID, and some of the things they've done to shift to a more virtual digital development process 
throughout COVID. And then we jump into Paul's top five mistakes that employees and leaders make in their career development. I won't say they're great mistakes, but they're really great things to be thinking about. And because we can turn each of these mistakes, of course, into a piece of advice and inspiration to help you in your career. And Paul and I are really aligned on these. We had really a great back and forth on this. So instead of just letting just letting Paul do all the talking, I jumped in. You know, usually when I do these interviews, the guest is doing uh, 80, 90 percent of the talking. And this one, I think we had a little bit more of a back and forth on what these things mean and how people can improve and what I'm observing in organizations as well. So I hope you really enjoy this style. Let me know what you think about it. Maybe we can do more of these in the future. And of course, we also have a Q&A with Rob in our next episode about his his own career, and uh, I get a chance to ask him a little bit about his Autism Dadvocate podcast, which I've listened to, and I've gotten to know Paul quite a bit over the last year or so, and I know he's really passionate about this space, and so I'm excited for you to hear about that and maybe pass that on to anybody you know who has uh, autistic children. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you, of course, that this interview and all of our episodes is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, which of course is the number one place to go if you are in talent development to connect, learn, share, and grow with others. In some of my interviews, we talk about the importance of human connection and community and really having people that you can share with to find out and figure out if you're on the right path in your career. And that's exactly what we're doing in the Talent Development Think Tank community. I started this community uh, back in June of 2020 and it has grown to over 100 really awesome, ambitious, supportive, generous, kind members from around talent development. And if you work in talent development and you're looking for a community, we'd love for you to come join us. Our website is tdtt.us, as in Talent Development Think Tank, tdtt.us. Our podcast is also sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your people to do the best work of their lives. Advantage has so many great development programs in leadership development, organizational development, business acumen, strategy, finance, uh, you name it, you can find some really great programs at Advantage that are all experiential and interactive, no lectures, no webinars, uh, although they do have many great free webinars and free resources on their website. And they are also the sponsor and host of our podcast website as well. Just go to advantageperformance.com to learn more. And now, without further ado, here is my interview with Paul Carroll, Head of Colleague and Leadership Development at CVS Health. Enjoy. All right, I am joined now by Paul Carroll, who is Head of Colleague and Leadership Development at CVS Health. Paul, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much in advance for having me. You're welcome, Paul. Thanks for coming on. I think this is really cool. You and I got to know each other through a group that actually has nothing to do with talent development, right? It was more of a men's group online run by a friend of ours named Dominic Cortuccio, whom I mentioned in my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, because he has a whole bunch of great content, mostly geared towards men, but really relevant for anyone on how to live a more intentional lifestyle, which I think you and I are both all about. And we're both all about making an impact in the world. And I know you're able to do that professionally in your work at CBS. And you know, we bonded over being fellow podcasters. You also have the Autism Dadvocate podcast about being an, a father of an autistic child, or I don't know if you'd call him a child anymore because yours is 14, <laughs> yeah. right? He's a teenager. And I'd love to dive into that a little bit if we have time, but I want to start with you know some of the corporate stuff. And uh, maybe you could start by expounding a little bit on your role at CVS as head of colleague and leadership development. 
Yeah, thank you. And so I'm going to, I think for the course of our conversation, I'll talk about the totality of my career and uh, what I've observed with career development, but happy. Sure. Yeah. So my team oversees all of colleague and leadership development at CVS Health. So anything you typically associate with career development and anything associated with first level and mid-level leaders. And Andy, when you have a company of 300,000 colleagues, it feels like a small city. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so, so, so many people. I feel like that's got to be a little bit overwhelming at times to feel like, how can we impact, you know, even with a team of 25, which is much larger than some of our listeners have teams of one or three or five, right? But at a, you know, a ratio basis, that's still small compared to the number of people you're serving. Does that get overwhelming at times? How do you manage thinking about how to serve all of those colleagues, those people? It can feel very overwhelming, but I also feel enormous gratitude to be in the position to make that difference. And I think, Andy, you know, in talent development, we choose this career, right? It doesn't choose mm. us. We, we, we gravitate towards this. And I think the challenge from my team is how do we scale development for such a large offering? So I think what we have in our future is really optimizing digitization of, of learning and uh, leveraging e-learning, m-learning, all these modalities that can reach a larger audience. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You know, as we all went through a major transition and transformation in 2020, right when uh, COVID shut the working world down and everybody went to working from home. But you work in an organization where you still had thousands of people who could not work from home, right? They still needed to show up at the stores and especially what was probably considered an essential store service, whatever you may want to call it. How did CVS change the approach to leadership development and, and career development during that time? And does it still look very different from where it was before? Yeah. And I think what I found so inspiring is when you are in this incredibly disruptive phase, I mean, unprecedented, we've never seen anything like this. It would be very easy for any organization to say, put that on the back burner. The needs of the business come first. Mm. That was not the case. In fact, there was actually a little bit more emphasis on, we really need to develop our leaders to be agile and to continue to lead their teams during this very disruptive phase. So like many organizations, anything that we did through a more classic model, we moved towards a, a virtual mobility. And I think what's really exciting is to realize um, now that we're coming out a little bit is that the virtual modality works. It can be engaging, it can be interactive, it can be inspiring and it can achieve results. Yeah. In the way you say that, it's almost like surprising. Like many of us thought, oh, virtual, that's, you know, it's cheaper or easier, but it doesn't, it's not nearly as effective as being together with people in person. But what you're saying is when you put in the investment, you found that there's a lot of things you can do that are just as effective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really, and Andy, you probably know this and our listeners know it, it's heavily predicated on how you change your instructional design. Because mm. I, I, I talked to my team the success for any leadership development, professional development, talent development is, are we following the proper design principles that will optimize success no matter how it's delivered? Yeah. Speaking of talent development, colleague development, you know, what you're talking about there, uh, what's one of the, the coolest things that you guys did at CVS or one of the things you're most proud of and how you rolled these things out during or, you know, since the pandemic? Hmm. Most, pro so many things. That's like... Yeah. <laughs> 
I want to share, I want to share Andy, some cool saying, tips with people in the like town. It's like saying, who is your favorite child? Uh, it's just so hard to pick. So rather than saying a specific item, I think what most impresses me thematically is agility. It, yeah. it is just astonishing to me now with the benefit of hindsight, how quickly and how agile all of our teams reacted to yeah. support the enterprise. Well, my goal with that question is to share maybe a couple of tips or ideas with some of our listeners. So instead of thinking of it as naming your favorite child, maybe more like you went on a vacation and what were one or two of your favorite destinations that I might want to keep in mind for the future to put on my list. So what are some things that you did that you thought, oh, this was really effective. Other organizations might want to consider this. Yeah. And I, I so here's a, a few that come to mind. One yeah. is to uh, challenge your thinking, because I think in hindsight, I would say I defer to some more classic models mm. of leadership development, which is your classic cohort in person. Uh, and I was really pleasantly surprised that we can recreate that experience virtually. So moving some of my, our most high potential, most senior leadership development programs to a virtual modality and to see it not only successful, but to create that cohort experience just in a virtual medium. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about creating that cohort experience, what are some things you did there? Was it still done over Zoom or whichever platform you use? Was there anything that you can do before or after to kind of keep people engaged together? Yeah. And so, you know, you can use any platform, be it Zoom, uh, Adobe Connect or Cisco WebEx, but it's that more frequent cadence of engagement and, and breakouts. Mm. And I forget that if you, I learned that through breakout rooms and really setting up a great task with some provocative questions, yeah. you can really foster an intimate atmosphere for those leaders where they learn from each other. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I've done that as well. And I find that uh, when you do that and you almost give people a little bit less time than they want, it just keeps things moving and it keeps the pressure on to like stay engaged instead of letting people really tune out and, and walk away. All right. So I want to get into some, some other ideas, topics here about career development, especially. And one of the things that you were going to share with us today are the top five mistakes that employees and leaders make in their career development. So I'd love to go. I saw what you had put down for some of these very intriguing. So uh, let's dig in. What's, what's the first big mistake? And these, yeah, and and so, as you, you, as know, you said, I'm... sorry, sorry to interrupt. And as you said, caveat, this is from, you know, something you've learned through all of your experience working in different companies, including CVS, right? Yeah. I'm becoming one of those leaders that say I have 20 plus years of experience in mm -hmm. and my whole career, I said, I will never be that person. Now I've become it. Yeah. And mistakes or pitfalls, of career development. And you and I have discussed a few of these. So I'm, I'm going to share my thoughts, but then Andy, I'd love to hear from you what you're observing from your angle. But the first one I always observe is a complete over-reliance on inline promotions and an expectation of inline promotions. So the scenario is, Andy, I want to progress my career. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do really good work. Uh, and I hope my magnanimous leader will observe this and say, I have to promote this person because they're so such a strong performer. And what I always say to any employer or colleague is when you do that, it's admirable. Come performance review, you're likely going to get a good rating and perhaps some compensation attached to it. 
but you might not necessarily get a promotion. And what you're doing is you're being very passive in your career. You're hoping, mm -hmm. you're hoping your leader is going to uh, promote you. So I have a few further thoughts on this, but I'm curious, Andy, I want to throw this to you. Have you ever observed this? Oh, it's, it's happening everywhere. So, you know, I've been, since I came out with my book and especially this year, I have been doing a lot more speaking, you know, keynote speaking webinars uh, with different companies. And I always meet with the team, with the clients and, and ask about what's been going on, what they're hearing in engagement surveys, uh, what, what some of the biggest challenges are. And I would say the number one thing I hear across the board is companies saying, well, we're, we're concerned because our people seem to just see things in a linear way of like, I need to be promoted and move up the path when either those promotions are not available, you know, there's, there are people that are not necessarily moving out of the way uh, and they want them to see other opportunities to grow and do things differently and think of their career more like a quote jungle gym or a rock climbing wall than a straight <laughs> ladder that goes up. And everybody likes to use those metaphors. Uh, so I'm, I'm seeing and hearing that a lot. And I love that we're having that conversation because I personally have been through that journey, you know, starting my career, just wanting to move up the ladder and be a VP or CEO one day uh, to realizing that I get growth and fulfillment from so many other things. And now it's primarily can I do new things that are uncomfortable to learn new things? Can I grow in my career? Can I find new ways to, you know, add new businesses, income streams to my business, make a difference, make an impact with, with clients and with people around me and those who follow me. Those are the things that fill me up way more than, Hey, you've been promoted. Uh, and I run my own business now, so nobody's really going to promote me, but I've been there. And I think that we, I want people to really see that there are opportunities to find fulfillment beyond just like, oh, now you're senior manager, congrats. I love that metaphor, Andy, of the jungle gym or the rock climbing wall. And it, it's such a nice segue into sort of the next common mistake yeah. <laughs> that I typically see, which is number two. And you already set the stage for that. It's uh, an over expectation on moving up mm. as opposed to developing a breadth of skills. And typically in the talent development space, I think early in your career, it makes perfect sense. You want to move up, yeah. but you will hit a ceiling. And what I always advocate is what is your, the breadth of your portfolio? So if you're functional L&D, do you have a background in leadership development or professional development? Mm -hmm. How about performance management? How about org design or organizational uh, development? Or how about change management? So it's not always about just moving up. It's also about moving across, which yep. will ultimately position you to move up at some point. Yeah, I agree. And I think this one is a little bit personal preference. Uh, you know, over the years, we've done over 250 interviews, I think, on this show now. And I typically ask guests for a piece of career advice. And I've, I've gathered a lot of that data together in the past. I've got a guide on accelerating your career that's come from that uh, as well as a book, right? And there's a lot of advice that has been universal, you know, like, hey, be curious, be a great listener, get feedback, network, build your brand. You know, a lot of those things, you almost can't argue with that. Uh, but sometimes there's advice that is almost diametrically opposed and comes from different people, right? And this is one of those areas where some people will say, you need to go deep and become an expert in one subject and be known for that thing. And then you'll always be in demand, I guess, as long as that thing is in demand. And then there's the, the counter advice, which is 
you know, like you said, go get a breadth of experience, try a lot of different things that will allow you to learn stuff, grow and be more valuable to the organization. I don't know if there's a wrong answer there. I personally am with you. I prefer the latter to move around. I think we see a lot more organizations offering opportunities for people to move around and try different things and get different experience. And I want an executive, I would want an executive who has done different things, been part of different, you know, different parts of the organization, not only done sales or only finance, that sort of thing. So I think we are starting to see that a trend that way. Plus, I think becoming the deep expert has many benefits, but more risk, right? Like what if that topic is not needed anymore? And now you are like, well, Paul's really great at, I don't know, comp and benefits, but we've outsourced that now to a company and we don't really need anybody inside to do that anymore. And, and your job is gone. That's the only example I can think of, but that becomes riskier. Yeah. And I think what you just highlighted, Andy, is the dichotomy between being known as a guru. Mm. Like you said, I have deep subject matter expertise. Yep. Andy Storch is the guru on career development. Or do you want to be known as the utility player? A little more plug and play where, wow, this colleague has a diverse portfolio and man, does she have a breadth uh, of skill sets that we need. Mm. Yeah. And I think it could come down to personality too, right? Like I am the type of person who likes to try and do a lot of different things. Like you just cannot keep me contained in one area or like I'm all, I have two podcasts. I'm about to start a third on a different subject because I'm just so excited about so many different things. I want to learn about different things, but some people really like to focus and go deep on one subject. So do what's right for you, but keep in mind, I think the pros and cons, the, the risks and rewards. So let's go to number three. Ah, number three. So it's when employees or colleagues don't understand the difference between coaching, mentoring, mm. advocacy, and sponsorship. So Andy, I've said a lot there, yeah. but depending on where you are in your career, you may have to leverage those. So the first two, I think are fairly straightforward, but I want to, I want to go a little deeper on the next two, but yeah. so Andy, this is a common one. I think I've seen you write about in your book. I've heard you speak about this, the difference mm -hmm. between coaching and mentoring. So when I throw that out to you, what comes to mind, the difference between coaching and mentoring? Yeah. I remember I learned that when I went and started getting into coaching and I went through a certification program that, you know, coaching is more about asking questions and helping to guide somebody, get the answers out of them. Whereas mentoring is you find somebody who's basically done the thing that you want to do and learn from their experience and their advice, right? Yeah. So coaching, I think, is, is very much in the moment. Mm. There's an opportunity. How can you get better at doing this in the moment? Mentoring, like you said, is a much more relationship-based. It's a little bit of a longer-term strategy. And mentoring is really having a career in mind and someone who can help you on that journey. Yeah. Typically, it's better if it's somebody a little more senior who's already in that role, right. who can give you either visibility or experience to that more aspirational role you're going for. Yeah, I agree. I mean, knowing each other the way we do, you and I have talked many times now, uh, I would be comfortable saying that I think you and I could coach each other anytime in any situation, if I came to you and said, Paul, I've got this challenge. I'm trying to figure out, can you help me? And you could ask me questions and, and help me think through something. But I don't know if you or I could really mentor each other that much in our careers, because we are doing very different things, right? You're moving up internally in a large company, something I haven't really done. And I'm running a business 
you know, with employees and consulting with companies, something that you're not doing. And so that might be a little tougher, but with our curiosity and leadership and guidance, the skills that we have, I think we could definitely coach each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great way to crystallize it in terms of also how it's different, even in different areas. Like you said, you're a, a business owner and I'm more of a classic, more corporate player. Right. And, and so Andy, the other ones are the ones I'd love to talk about is advocacy and sponsorship. Mm. These aren't used as often, yeah. particularly advocacy. So as you get more seasoned in your career and you go for positions, roles, be it internal or external, you need an advocate mm. who will be a voice in the room come that time when a selection is made. So Andy, I'd love to throw this scenario out at you. So yeah. you're going for a very aspirational role. You've okay. interviewed. There is a selection committee, a diverse group of people who are making that decision. So Andy, let's say you apply for that role and your name is on the table. What is the worst thing that can come up when your name is mentioned? <laughs> My mind is going to some crazy things right now. The worst thing that can come up, I, I don't know, that guy's a jerk and he's hard, like, he's terrible to work with. And he's been, <laughs> he's been mean to all of our colleagues. I, I don't know. What is the worst thing that can come up? The answer may surprise you, although yeah. you certainly don't want your name. I don't yeah. think you'd get that far in the process if right. you were a jerk. Uh, I guess so, that's fair. Yeah. The actual worst thing that can happen is, I don't know him. Mm. I don't yeah, know, I don't know anything storage. about that guy. Yeah. It looks like he has qualifications but we don't really know anything about him. I don't know him. And that is the absolute worst thing that can happen. And that's why you need an advocate. Yeah. The advocate will either start socializing your name during the process or when that selection is made. Because yeah. if you are not a known quantity yeah. to that selection panel, yeah. you're not going to get the role. Yeah. You need an advocate. And as Employees who are owning our career, mm -hmm. we need to take control of that and seek an advocate for that role. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Well, I think that's what happened to me through most of my career in corporate. I was going to say to you earlier, I can't mentor you, especially if you want to move up, because I've never been promoted in all my years working in corporate. I think one of the problems was that, you know, they had that conversation and they're like, I don't know what that guy does. It seems like he just goes to lunch with people every day. I was always networking, but it goes back to something I talk about in my book and talk with people about a lot, which is building your personal brand, your professional brand right? And your brand is essentially your reputation. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. And when you go out for a new job or you go for a promotion, guess what? You are not going to be in the room. Most likely 99% of the time, you're not going to be in the room. So you want to make sure that somebody, people in there have a favorable perspective of you and your contributions. And hopefully you have an advocate, as you said, who's in there going, oh yeah, I have worked with Paul. He is fantastic. He gets everything he takes on. He gets it done. 
we definitely need him on the team. Yep. It's funny. You're, you're paging the segue for uh mistake number five, which is all okay. about professional brand. I feel, always feel like you're one step ahead of me. Andy. This oh, we is skip, fantastic. Don't, don't, fit, don't skip number four though. <laughs> the last thing I'll say is sponsorship. And I, yeah. this is the world according to Paul, Andy. Mm. Sponsorship is solely reserved, in my opinion, for I think our, our high potential DNI talent. Mm. Because sponsorship is when a senior leader says, I put my professional reputation on the line mm. that this younger talent to maybe break a glass ceiling, she is ready for this more senior marketing role, more senior analytics role, more senior digital role. And so sponsorship is like the upper echelon of just where you have a more senior person organization, not just advocating for you, but putting their reputation on the line as well. Yeah. I was going to say to you earlier when we were talking about advocacy and then getting into sponsorship that it's a little dangerous for, you know, we'll say two white guys to get into this subject, but I think that it does become really helpful and almost essential, right? For people from underrepresented groups or backgrounds to have a sponsor or an advocate. And I've heard people say that who are coming from those communities and talking about how can we improve inclusion, especially at the top ranks, it helps to create some type of advocacy or sponsorship relationships, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Andy, number four is the one I'm most excited about because I think you and I have talked about it. Mm. And I think it's the one of all these five that if your listeners take away this, then I think it's time well spent listening. So it's what I call, um, trying to phrase this, maybe clumsiness at networking. Mm. So you've spoken about this extensively. I don't think there's yeah. any of your listeners would say, oh, networking is so key to your career development. I think everyone would agree. Yes, yeah. networking is key. I think the next question is, how are you at it? Yeah, are you doing? How do you approach it? And here's my observation, Andy, and that I'd love for you to Mm. to chime in. Uh, When you're networking, be sure you go into those conversations from a spirit of of mutual collaboration and maybe even from service. Because the mistake I've seen employees make is they network with people. And every time there's a conversation, they're always going in with an ask Mm. or request or what can you do for me? And the challenge is, to your point, Andy, around your professional brand is you're seen as someone that maybe is needy or always is coming at you with something with as a request. I've had some colleagues say, well, Paul, I'm, I'm junior in my career. I don't know if I have anything to offer. Yes, you do. You always have something you can offer in those conversations. And you don't want to have a reputation as someone who... Gosh, every time I hear from Paul Carroll, mm-hmm. he wants something from me. Yeah. So Andy, what's your take on this? Have you observed this? Oh, I agree a hundred percent. I think networking is the most important thing we can be doing for our professional advancement and setting yourself up for success in the future, right along with, you know, in my book, I talked about the three keys to planning for the future and setting yourself up for future success, uh, investing in continuous learning building your network, building your personal professional brand. But I think doing the networking, and it doesn't have to be going to networking events. It doesn't have to even be people outside your company. If you work for a large company, you plan on staying there, go meet people in different departments you don't normally work with. And the number one thing I always tell people is lead with curiosity, you know, ask people questions, get to know them. And yeah, you may not always be able to help people with things, but when you ask enough questions, you might be able to find something. And when you do lead with 
service. You lead with value. You lead with helping other people rather than asking them for things. Or I think the worst thing, I think it's okay to ask for things. You know, Paul, I might ask you for an introduction or a favor. The real problem happens when you ask for things that make people uncomfortable. Like, can you get me an interview, right? Can you get me a job? And you're like, can you go put your rep, you know, essentially, can you go put your reputation on the line to get me an interview with your company? And you're like, I don't know you that well. I don't think I want to put my reputation online, right? Now you've made it really awkward. You've, you've made things uncomfortable. So I have friends reach out to me all the time that ask me for maybe an introduction or to ask me to come on their podcast or something. And those are easy asks, but sometimes someone will say, can you introduce me to this you know, big time person that you had on your show, I want to interview them too, or, or I want to meet them or whatever. And I have to stop and think, well, have you built enough political capital with me that I'm willing to put my reputation on the line to say, okay, yes, I'll make that introduction. And this is just an example of the many things we could be asking for, right? So I absolutely agree with you. Like you've got to be thoughtful about how you're approaching those situations. But pro- I think the bigger mistake is that people are not doing it, right? Everybody agrees that networking is important. They're not doing it. And since the pandemic, when more people are working remotely, it makes it harder. Or some people might use the excuse that it's harder. I think it's easier than ever because we can just get on Zoom, right? And talk to people. It's so easy. And so I reach out to people all the time. I get people reaching out to me, let's get on Zoom and talk, right? And you get to know people. You don't have to meet them in person. Oh my gosh, Andy, I 100% agree. And I love your example of networking and then the ask maybe, can you get me an interview or can you get me a job at this company or can you get me FaceTime with a more senior person? Right. And you may be thinking on the receiving end, I don't have a rapport with you. I don't have a relationship with you. I don't, I don't feel comfortable there yet. So I completely agree. If you go into networking conversations from a place of curiosity and maybe a place of service, if Mm -hmm. you can, and you continue that networking relationships, when you're ready for an ask like that, it's fine because you and I have a rapport and I'm comfortable with that request. Let let me give you one more example because I think this is really important. Recently, an author friend of mine reached out to me and asked me for an introduction to another author friend who is a, we'll say, a much bigger name, right? A more famous author and book that I, I happen to be friends with as well to endorse her book. And I stopped and paused for a second and I thought about it and she had been pouring into our relationship and supporting me through all kinds of things for the last couple of years, had been so generous in helping me in whatever I need that it was easy for me to go, okay, let's give this a shot. I know you, I'm, I'm willing to put my reputation on the line. If she hadn't done that, if she was just someone I barely knew, I'd be like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that because I don't know you. I don't know how good your book's going to be. I don't want to waste my other, my friend's time. And it will reflect on my reputation if you don't handle the, the you know, the situation appropriately. And another thing that comes to mind is uh, my friend, Lauren Davis, who is uh, fantastic. Uh, she runs a podcast about personal branding. And, uh, she and I introduced, she's very well connected. She and I have introduced each other to a lot of people. And a few months ago, she introduced me to a friend who helped me with some things. And I thanked her. And she said, thank you for being so introducible. And I was like, is that a word? But then we thought about it and it was like, well, what does that mean? It means that when I, I know when I introduce you to people that you are going to make me look better, not worse, right? You're not going to embarrass me. You're going to show up and be professional and be helpful and be kind. Um, so be that person when you're going to network with others and ask introductions. Long story. We should, we should probably get to number five. Oh, I love that. Let's, let's add that word to our vernacular. Introducible. Introducible. I love it. Be introducible. 
Yeah, and this is such a nice segue from what you said about Laura, because the fifth one is something you've spoken about extensively, and I completely agree, is establishing a unique brand. Can you articulate, articulate your unique value proposition? And what I like to say is, when you do that with your brand, is there passion behind it? Because I found in my career, passion is the X factor. Mm. Passion is a differentiator. And when you're really intentional about your brand and you've got it nailed, you not only do that in person, through networking, through Zooms, but you also align all your social media. Does your LinkedIn profile align to it? What are all the other things online? Is it a consistent brand? And when I think about my own self, uh, Andy, you know, I think about my talent development brand, but I also think about my autism advocate brand. Mm. Am I articulating that in a way that people understand? So I know you've spoken about this extensively and I cannot endorse enough having a very explicit brand with passion. I think this is the hardest one because you've got to kind of establish like who you are and what you do and be able to answer that question when you go to the networking lunch or whatever. And someone asks, well, what do you do? And give an answer besides I am a senior analyst at X company, right? And then people go off into talking about their company rather than talking about themselves because they identify with the company they work for, which is fine. But I think it can be really helpful to be able to talk about who you are and what you do and what you love about it. And like you said, if you have some passion behind it, be able to show that so people go, wow, he really likes what he does or she really likes what she does. She must be pretty passionate about it, must be pretty knowledgeable. I may want to talk to her more, right? And who knows if it's a subject they're interested in or not. But this is something that I think requires some practice and getting feedback. And it's still hard for me today. I've been you know, running a business for years and doing all this stuff and I'm always adjusting it. And I went to a workshop last week and they had us practice our value proposition with our neighbor next to us. And I was like, I was nervous because like, ah, I don't know if I have this down, but until we say it out loud and practice it, we'll probably never get better at it. Oh my gosh. I'm struggling to believe that you, that you struggle with your brand. Um, But thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your candor. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, So let's, let's tie all this up, Paul. I think there's, there's two questions I wanted to ask before we wrap things up on this subject. Number one is what can organizations do to help employees get better with some of these things or support uh, employees with their growth? And uh, because we do have a lot of people working in, you know, listening who work in talent development, who want to help their people get better at these things. And then the second question, of course, would be for individuals, what can we do as employees, individuals to get better at these things? So the first one, I think we in the talent development space need to expand the definition of what we mean by career development. I think you and I have talked a little bit about some of the mistakes and traps that colleagues fall into. Yeah. I love, again, the jungle gym or rock climbing wall metaphor. So can we in talent development really expand awareness around the fact that you may be within a a group like underwriting or analytics or digital? And can you think a little bit more broadly about your career? We in talent development, perhaps be it a small organization or a large organization, are we really opening the door to those, what I call career development journey maps. Yeah. And can you repeat your second question? Cause I had a thought on that. 
for us as individuals, as employees, especially of, of big companies trying to find our, our ourselves and get better at these things. I know we went into a lot of stuff individually, but what's something we can be doing to really start to get better at, at this stuff in our own career development? Yeah. And, and so it's a twofold process, but it has to do with your development plan. I'm a huge advocate of having a very formalized written development plan. Let's not just talk about it, but don't think it, ink it. Let's put it on paper, the mm. power in the pen. And it's twofold, Andy. Number one, let's get you to be a rock star in your current role. And when I have development discussions with my colleagues, I say, are you a rock star in your current role? And they'll either say no, or they'll lie and say, yes, <laughs> I'm not a rock star in my current role. I don't think yeah. anyone is. Yeah. So let's make sure your development plan makes you a rock star in your current role, because it's hard to be promoted unless you're a rock star. And the end number two is what are the skills and, and, and knowledge that you need to get you ready for that future role? Mm. And let's name it. And then let's just fill in the gaps in that gap analysis. So Rockstar in current role and aspirational future role. That is the key to the kingdom for a development plan. Yeah, absolutely. And write it down and tell somebody about it. Hopefully you can have a conversation with your manager or a mentor or a coach or a sponsor. All those people that we talked about earlier, they are different people or the same people and work together on making a plan for how you're going to get there. Because as I love to remind people, as I learned early in my career, that a goal without a plan is really just a wish. So you've got to put that plan in place uh, so you'll have a lot more, uh, bigger chance of achieving it. Uh, Paul, yes. this has been fantastic. Uh, hang on, because we're going to do a little bonus Q&A for our next episode. But I want to wrap this up for people listening who want to get in touch with you, learn more about you. Where's the best place for them to go? I, I think you're pretty active on LinkedIn. I am. I am. So by all means, all of our listeners, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, by all means, send me a connection request. Just may I ask you uh, to send me a message and say, hey, I was a great fan of Andy Storch's podcast and I'd love to connect with you. What if they're not a fan of my podcast and they just accidentally listen to this? And they Then really I will not accept their connection. Oh my request. gosh, come there on. There you man. go. You got to accept everybody. I'm a big fan of what you talked about today. I think I might actually have my team take these top five mistakes and put them together into like a little PDF that people can download or something. So uh, check out the show notes. We might have that ready for you uh, either now or as you listen to this or in the future and tune in for our bonus Q&A. Thanks again, Paul, for being on. Thank you. All right. That will do it for my interview with Paul Carroll from CVS Health. I hope you really enjoyed that. And I'd love to know what you think of the top five mistakes that employees and leaders make in their career development. I'm going to be working on putting a resource together to share with you so that you don't have to take furious notes if you didn't, if you were driving or working out, whatever it may be, because I thought those were really great. I agree with all of them. I think that we can all get better at those things. Even I, even I can, of course I can. We can all get better at those things and get better in our careers and with our leadership and how we're developing ourselves. So I hope you took some notes and have some great takeaways. If you stay tuned, I've got a great Q&A with Paul coming up in our next episode where we talk about his career as well as the Autism Dadvocate podcast that he has been working on. Since you're still here, I want to remind you that this podcast has a couple sponsors. The first is our Talent Development Think Tank membership community, which is the community I started 
back in June of 2020 after the world shut down and I knew that we weren't going to be going to conferences anymore and I wanted to create a place for people in talent development to go to really share their best practices, to ask questions, to hear from speakers. And we've grown to over 100 members now. Just so many fantastic people in there. I've made great friends from people that have joined. I know a lot of other people have connected with each other and are supporting each other. We've got some great coaches in there. We've got some senior talent development people. We've got some you know people who are just kind of starting out in their career and everybody in between. So if you work in talent development and you have not joined us yet, why not? Come join us. Our website is tdtt.us. Yes, there is a cost associated with this, and I don't need to really tell you about the importance of investing in yourself and your development, uh, but it is important. I invest constantly in my own personal development. I don't have a company that pays for it for me. I do it myself. I'm a member of many of these communities and mastermind groups. And I find it just continues to pay off. And I know that if you think about any time you've invested in yourself and your own career development, it has probably paid off for you as well. Uh, if it hasn't, and maybe you've been burned in the past, come check us out uh, because we're all about providing value to our members who join. Uh, but as always, you get out of it what you put into it. So come join one of our calls, come interact with some of our members, make real connections. I promise you, you're going to get a lot of value. Again, our website is tdtt.us. Uh, and then our podcast is also sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. They are all about creating programs that help leaders and employees do the best work of their lives. And they have tons of free content on their website, advantageperformance.com, uh, advantageperformance.com, including lots of webinars. And our talent development hot seat website location is there as well. Just go to advantageperformance.com. You can click on free resources and go down to the podcast. You can also check out some of the webinars and some of the other assessments and other tools that are there. Just a plethora of great resources. So check that out at advantageperformance.com. All right, that will do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for hanging in there. I will be back with you very soon with my Q&A with Paul Carroll and then more great content next week. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.